and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with, was that yours? That was me, yeah. Okay, what did it do? (laughs) An email came through literally like as soon as we started hitting, (laughs) as soon as we started recording. Oh, that's good. Ping! But I've... I've put, put Do Not Disturb on now, oh, so I'll just turn my light happen again. Sorry, I just turned my light out. I meant to turn the other one on. This is oh, a shambles. Yeah, okay. yeah. Are we doing this one? Are we, should we start again? I, th- I reckon, I reckon, I reckon <sighs> a hybrid of the two, which is starting again but leaving the recording in so that the audience can hear the fuck up. With me, Callum. No, 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 from the top. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of this. Oh, what what did you do? Was that <laughs> what what did you do? Right, okay. Was it was it bike? Was it bike related? Was it bicycle related? <laughs> do you want to explain what you're looking at? Because no one knows what you're talking about. Oh yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. You've got a bloody arm brace. Is that what it is? Hand arm brace? How's the medical degree going? Is it is it going well? Is yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it's going good. It's you know, those just, are the technical. What's that? An arm is hand it, brace? Is it, is it night night schooling that you're doing? Isn't it? Right. All right training? then. What's it called then? What a splint. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I was like, all right. What's it called then? Like, an arm oh, yeah, brace. Yeah, 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 to be fair. To be fair, when the nurse, uh, the nurse, when the doctor said, "I'm going to have to put you into a splint," um, they. <laughs> Um, I did. I was like, I don't quite. I don't understand what it was. No, I. Uh, it, I, I so I've, I think I fractured it. I had to get X-rays. Um, but it was playing. It was playing rugby. Um, uh, not contact. on Monday. Yeah, not contact. I'm. I've, I've got to be really clear. Everyone calls me out for that one. I just say rugby. Um, yeah. And everyone's like, oh, oh god, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough sport. Yeah, it was. Oh t- my god, I'm was... so glad I didn't take you up on your offer to come and join in. Yeah, your worst nightmare. This isn't it. Yeah, absolute worst nightmare. Jeez, arm injury, arm hand injury. Are you no, insured? Thank you. Are you no, insured? I'm, I'm not. I maybe should be. Can, can you can you insure your your yeah butt, your yeah butt? I can I can I can you can insure anything you want. How much would you insure your arse for? My arse is uh, priceless, mate. So, is it? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm funny. I'm low key Ad- really proud of the my arse. The admiral will not insure it. I don't have. <laughs> No, the admiral, honestly, the admiral, the physical admiral, is like I do not have a price to put on that fine, fine booty. He's I mean, looking, it's, it's looking, glorious. It is absolutely it glorious. With his like, with his captain, his admiral's telescope, just like, hmm, my, yeah, <laughs> from the poop deck. Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> he will not ensure. Yeah, it's it's the most pathetic story in the world. In that I, I was playing touch rugby. And somebody I... touched you too hard, didn't? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, stop!" Um, no, just just ran at the line, thinking I was doing a crash ball, and no one would catch me. Fortunately, no one did. Um, got straight through the gap, and my momentum was properly going. Like, you know, I, I, if you ever, you're, you're so happy I broke through and no one touched me, and I was like, yeah. "Yes, yes!" And the momentum, and I put the ball down on the try line, scored the try, slipped forward, my my momentum kept going. I put my left arm out to brace myself, um, whole weight on it, came clattering into the fence head first. <laughs> so I smacked my head off a fence, grazed up my knee. So actually, um, yeah, it fractured. wasn't anything to do with something that happens in the game of rugby. No, 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 no. It was I you. Was, <laughs> I was just too into it. I got the fun. It was so funny because the ref like ran over. Everyone was like, oh shit, is he all right? 
ref ran over and was like, I'm going to award the try, but I want you to get off the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at, at least it was a controlled at least it was a controlled try. At least yeah. he didn't fumble the ball. I know, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's because he was like, I'm gonna have to do a quick HIA because my, my like yeah, I smacked my head. Um and then we had to go to hit A and E. Went to pharmacy, livid at this one. Went to pharmacy, Alexander. Alexander, right. if you'll please. Yeah, um, yeah. Be, and the woman just behind the pharmacy, because they say, you know, go to a pharmacy if you've hurt yourself or any of these yeah. sorts of things. They're very well trained. I walked into the pharmacy with my wrist, like, out like this. And I'm like, she's like, what have you done? I was like, I'm oh, playing rugby. And she's like, okay, can you move anything? I was like, I, I physically cannot move any of my fingers. I couldn't move. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've broken this badly. Like, I couldn't move a thing. Um and she was like, oh, you got to go to the, the, I think the Hammersmith Hospital or whatever. Get there now. It's right. an emergency. So Maddie and I went home. Fortunately, had a bit of food. And then we got, went to A&E. Um, there's no A&E up there. Wait, you stopped, wait you, stopped, you stopped home for dinner with Alex, a broken... Alex, how long do you think it's going to take to get through A&E in central London? A long time. Yeah. So you think you do that with no food in you? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fair enough, but you know, I, I don't know if, if it, was it was me. Evenings. It was evenings. We went. I got right. straight in from work. Got into my rugby kit. Straight out the door again. A busy boy. I'm always. I'm there. I'm on the. Yeah, you know, yeah. me just, 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 just like jamming away, cutting down the road on the bike. Um, yeah. yeah, got there. No, the A&E was closed. They were like because uh, of COVID. I was like COVID. What but does does COVID, COVID stop people having accidents and emergencies? COVID? Yeah. So um, I had to go down to Charing Cross Hospital, pain in the arse to get there. Oh, yeah, no, which, uh, which is the worst named hospital in the world because it's nowhere near Charing Cross. Well, do you know what, right? I think there's a, there's, a, there's a theme with hospitals in London because Hammersmith Hospital isn't in Hammersmith. That's where we went to first. It's in, it's oh. in, it's in Shepherd's Bush or Acton. Yeah. <laughs> Charing Cross, that, that one's in Hammersmith or Fulham. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. Went in there. Alex, I was there for three hours three oh. hours it i've was... heard of worse no i've heard of worse no no That's you, not too you bad. have but maddie wasn't allowed to wait in the waiting room no ridiculous not. i Why? just i i just about kicked up well, be, well because i don't know they didn't explain all this policy it's like what does that mean that's got to be that's got to be a COVID for that. Of course thing. it is. Like having but, but, nobody in the. I mean, you do remember they they're, remember they're taking it seriously in hospitals. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> you know what I mean, they're still playing ball. Yeah. Still, um, the, the the final whistle hasn't blown there. Yeah. The the news <laughs> might not be reporting on it, but the hospitals are still. Yeah. Like. Uh... No, they were to be fair. They were absolutely lovely. Um, I went to quite a few different waiting rooms, and it was very funny. At one point, they took the woman was taking notes in a napkin. I was I nearly was like, do you, I've have, I have a notepad. Do you want me to <laughs> notepad? But um, yeah. she was she was so sweet. Um, so this must have happened to you, round about exactly the same time as I was watching this week's movie. I reckon. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah, I didn't get out. I didn't get out till two in the morning. Jeez. Yeah, it was a pain in the arse. Yeah, you um, must have. Yeah, you must have been well crabby. Yeah, I was pretty. Maddie was livid. She was like, "You better have broken this fucking." Thing. <laughs> 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 if, if we're waiting this long it better be fucking life-threatening <laughs> yeah it was quite funny and i was like you know when you're kind of just like so tired and you're trying to just like crack a laugh with like the radiographer um <laughs> it was you know that feeling mate where you're just trying to like yeah. create a bit of uh atmosphere between you and the radio yeah. the guy okay, he was okay. like he was really funny because he like put my arm on the table and he was i think he was he was also i think he was australian or whatever. he's like what did you what did you do to your arm um and i says i broke it playing rugby He's like, okay, hold it still. I'm gonna, you know, zoom this in and do it. And he did it from different angles. And I says, don't, don't worry. I scored the try. And he was like, and he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
No one has a sense of humor at half one yeah. in the morning in a hospital. Yeah, you, turns you, out, yeah, you probably you, you probably should have caught him thirteen hours um, <laughs> thirteen hours earlier when he was only halfway through. His yeah, shift. exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I was like this young guy. Um, they're getting young though, young doctors. That guy was very young, yeah, much younger than me. Very soft hands, very <laughs> soft hands. I couldn't believe how soft his hands were. And then, and then, the, and the other doctor was doing it, just poking away. Does this bit hurt? Does this bit hurt? It was a like I didn't know how many different ways you could ask. Does a wrist hurt? Yeah. Um, but she found all of them. And that's what they're trained to do. It was brilliant. Amazing. But yeah, Very big thorough. up, big up to the NHS. Lovely. Um, I'm going to do a wee clap this Thursday at uh, eight o'clock. If you want to join me. <laughs> no, <laughs> just no, you're to thank not. Them. <laughs> <laughs> not with that hand, you're not. Do you remember doing that? Do you remember doing the claps? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I watched it. Heads, heads out the windows yeah. and clapping away. It was kind of lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, I got my violin out and played uh, Over the Rainbow. No, uh, you didn't. One of the first couple of times. Yeah, I did. Did you actually? Yes, oh, I did. Here he is. Look at him. I bet all the neighbors were like, this fucking guy, honestly. No, that was back when everyone had <laughs> everyone had the plucky spirit. So everyone loved it. Everyone loved it. Two, two, two or three weeks later, they'd were be you... like, yeah, right. You know, this ain't the blitz. You're done. Yeah, just another another yeah. round of somewhere over the rainbow. The rainbow. The rainbow. I said rainbow. Yeah, the, the rainbow, yeah. Oh, man. Um... How are you? Anything happened with you? Ah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Anything happened to you? Anything no, happened not, in life? Uh, no, not 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 particularly. We we quite... recorded quite soon, quite so. There's not a huge amount that's happened since the last recording, has it? We're no, yeah, because we recorded on Sunday and it's now Wednesday. So yeah, mm. it's, moving it's forward is a... going to be a bit small, isn't it, Alexander? Uh, I've a, I I have a couple of things for moving forwards, which is a couple more things Get than I usually fucked. have. Are you actually for mo- serious for moving forward? Yeah, who, I do. Who are you, and what have you? Who are you, and what have you done with what Alexander? Have done with Alex? What have you oh. done with him? What have you done with him? The police want to know. No, no please, they they want to. I'll know. never tell. Okay, his parents are really concerned. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. Um, they don't give a shit. <laughs> well, they. <laughs> well, well, of course, we are not a concerned podcast, Alexander. No, we're not. We are called you Alexander. Can you, right, right. This evening. Can we? Yeah. yeah can we? Can we nip Alexander that in the bud? No, it's fine. That... Call you Alexander. Well, it's because on the on the Zoom link I'm looking at, it says Alexander Cast, and it's very formal. This Zoom link. It said your full name. I have to bleep that bit out or something. <laughs> <laughs> for for DCPR, IPRC. Oh, yeah. What's the one about? Whatever. What's the one about names and stuff? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, of course, because Alexander, we are a music right. and movies podcast. Do you right. not like Alexander? Used to get that not you from you, trouble. I don't. Why? Oh, not from you. No, I don't. I expect that from who? Do you expect that from? My head teacher. No, literally the only person. The, the only person that calls me Alexander is my aunt. That's genuinely the only person that calls me Alexander. Fucked. Your mum used to call you Alexander when you're in trouble all the time. Yeah, it used to. That's used like to. an odd yeah. twenty years ago now. <laughs> I can still hear. I can still hear it like it was yesterday. When you were in trouble, you used to get in trouble a lot when you were younger. Oh yeah, I was a rascal. You, you were a little bastard. You absolutely, really absolutely <laughs> miscreant. Yeah. What remember, kind of podcast is this? For the love pick... of all that is holy. Remember, you used to pick up fox food through our houses. Because <laughs> we are a music and movies podcast, and each week we will talk to you about some of the most interesting independent movies of all mm-hmm. of all time i mean this is probably one of the biggest highest profile independent movies right now at the cinema and i was thinking this that, that it's so rare nowadays when you go and see a movie that has no connections to books 
or previous movies yep. or anything. It's just a director and a writer or a guy who wrote and directed a, a movie that he wanted to make or she yeah. wanted to make. Hundred percent. So and and that is kind of the that is kind of the Edgar Wright mo, isn't it? It's the Edgar Wright mo, the Tarantino, because I think Tarantino was attached to this movie as well. Did you? No. Yeah, I think. In he what was. capacity? Well, we were leaving, and I had to look this up. We were leaving, and Maddie, where the credits were rolling, and Maddie, um, we watched for a bit, and then and then we left, and Maddie says, "I, I could swear I just saw uh, Quentin Tarantino there." So I don't know if it was a thanks, or right, or something. IMDb. I was going to say, can you can you look it up? My right. computer is slow yeah, yeah, yeah. as shit. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna type and type. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I mean, it, it was it was a delight to be able just to go and see a movie that I didn't have to have any like pre, like pre information or I didn't have to know what the story was or the folklore. I could just sit back and I could enjoy it and sit back and enjoy it. I did because this was a brilliant Edgar Wright movie, you know, and 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 also. It was a brilliant, just like London movie. Like London was the star of this film. Like you could tell this was just his passion of growing up in London and being in London for so long. Edgar Wright, was he, did he go to UCL? I'm giving you a list of things to Google, mate. Oh, Once mate. you've finished Googling that. I mean, I found something. He's definitely connected to this in some way yeah, because I typed, be. I, I, I typed in Tarantino and Soho and there's like two, two pages worth of stuff. Huh. So... There's some st- keep posted for the actual what he's credited with because <laughs> it'll take a little bit of scrolling on my part, but it's, it's definitely here. Something something to do with the Thunderball thing. Oh, oh, we could have looked this up, couldn't something, we? Yeah, preparation. We could we could have properly brought that one forward. Um, right? No, no, you you went to Bournemouth. You didn't go to UCL, but um, uh, Edgar Wright. But but to be but like there was something just so like. Like the character of like you know how you watch a film and like the city or the place is one of the characters. Yeah. L- like London very much was this. And what I really liked about it was from personal experience, you know, the campus that they're in is UCL. So that's, you know, where I went to university. Um the the area that it was all filmed in was Soho, Bloomsbury, and Good Street. And so obviously she lived on Good Street. That was the tube station we used to get in and out of. So like all of those streets. Like there, there was, there was not a street that they walked down that I didn't know where it was. Or I oh yeah, me too. Where it was, I, I and I love that. Me too. In fact, today, just you know, prior to recording, or you know, a few hours prior, um, I've I was uh, teaching this afternoon in that area, and oh, yeah. obviously doing my due due diligence for preparation for the podcast, my limited preparation for the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was listening to the score walking through those streets and actually and i ended up um listening to the track leave me alone you know the bit where she's running through that's running. the best track that's yeah the best one. i mean yeah it is <laughs> is the best track and i was running and i wasn't running but i was walking through some of the streets that were in that sequence while listening to that yeah, just yeah. because i was there in, in my life i didn't yeah. seek that out but it was it was weird. It was kind of creepy, and also because the clocks have changed now, it was it was pitch black. Yeah, and I was like, oh, right, okay, this is a little bit uh, creepy because when this you, is a scary film, Callum. When you looked into the reflection a shop window, did you see me, but in a suit or a, or a pink dress? See if you plagued me as a specter. You would that, love that. that. Oh no, seriously! If I die, I will haunt you. Oh, that's atrocious. No, but I'll do I'll do it in a really scary way. 
like a really terrifying way. Not not like a jovial. We're not talking Ghostbusters or Casper. Joe, like, you're gonna do it. I know exactly what you're gonna do. You're just gonna do? pop up whenever I whenever I watch any movie, regardless of who I'm with, and you're just gonna pop up and go, "Did you spot that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and when you're having a poo. Yeah. And by the that? way, stop. <laughs> by by the way, I'm dead, and I can still hear you breathing. Oh, you are. Your breathing is not okay. Do you know I I don't miss going to the cinema with you. Yo, Do you know what? I thought exactly the same thing when I saw that. I saw I thought exactly the same thing when I saw this. I was sitting there by myself we are watching intolerable. this movie and I was thinking, oh my God, I'm so glad I'm seeing this by myself. Because he'd I, be an insufferable No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It's, we, a, it's a scary movie. You'd spend the whole time looking for places to like prod me or make yeah, me jump. Yeah, yeah. And it's just not okay. And I would have enjoyed it a lot less. Apart from the anxiety. Well, yeah, exactly. That you build in. Um, so, I mean, again, if we want to go through this in, there's a couple of different ways that we that we can go through this and, and talking ever. through, as ever, there's a couple of ways to break this down. Now, I think, let, let, let's start from the top, right? Um, yeah. We are obviously music and movies. I only saw this movie yesterday. So this is a very, very fresh ah. perspective of this. Okay. Um. There is a lot of information on places like Den of Geek, for example, which I was reading oh, yeah, an article yeah. on, around, you know, thing, think things that are there, like the 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 how layered the music in this movie is. Not only do I not have all of the information to hand now, but if you just left me to sit and 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 Google it and learn about it, I still wouldn't do because the because this movie. I think will get better every time you watch it, and that's oh, something yeah, 100%. That, that's something that um, that I was going to quite entertaining. That's something that Edgar Wright has honed. That's his thing. You know, yeah. if every every director's got a thing that their movies that their their movies are really really good at doing. You know, whether it's um, Dennis Villeneuve of of, Villeneuve of of for the massive like landscapes and and scale dynamics. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got Tarantino for the. The over the overindulging gore and, and weirdness and quirkiness and n words um, yeah yeah and n words um you know you've got the kind of the the gritty surrealism that comes with Nolan films but if there's one thing and obviously this is a little bit different from your your Cornetto trilogy which is just you know comedy um you know pure comedy nerdness or, or yeah, maybe yeah. it's closer to Baby Driver certainly but there's one common thread which is Edgar Wright is the master of an Onion film. And for yeah. those of you who don't know what an onion film are, an onion film is, you know, as it says in the tin, it's something that has just, just layer upon layer upon layer. It's specifically yep. designed to be rewatched. Exactly. Onions have layers. Uh, Movies have <laughs> layers. But even just even just things like the like you, you know, like they have the song Neon by Stephen Price, which is one of the it's on the soundtrack. Um but in that you've got echoes of Ennio Morricone. You know, like so he layers music tracks on right, music yeah, yeah. tracks and stuff. Like I've got you on my mind, written by Chuck Lard. It, it was recorded in sixties. All of the music was recorded in like the sixties, um, but like it's it's used during set. Like oh, I, I just want to get into all the little like the little facts. Um, you know, thing, things like Happy House that's used in this this film. You got Land of a Thousand Dances, which I thought was so clever. Obviously, Eloise. What was really interesting was he literally picked tracks. And almost wrote the film around the tracks in that kind of Tarantino esque way. Well, you did exactly the same thing with Baby Driver, but with Baby Driver, it was like driving choreography as well. Yeah. So it was like the vehicles were dancing, and I, God damn, I want to watch Baby Driver again. That that bell bottoms the 
forget the name of the band that, that do it. It's the something something band. The, no, it's the the blues explosion. Something something. Is it, oh, what is it? The blues. I explosion. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I forget I, the name. I, I've I listen to it so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like some of the, some of the stuff, like a world without love. You know, Pete, um, which was by Peter and Gordon. So it's a sixty-one track. But but just like amazing introduction music. And then when you when you first go into you know the nineteen sixties, you're yeah. in my you're in my world by Scylla Black. Like yeah. it's so interesting on songs. And I, I loved. I don't know who it was that played Scylla Black, but she was spot on. Yeah. As soon as I saw her, I was like, "That's obviously Scylla Black." That's Scylla Black. Yeah. And you heard the kind <laughs> of like the Liverpool accent. She sort of says one or two like one or so lines, and I just thought it was it was really really clever. Yeah. Um, I've got my mind set on you. Obviously, when she's like looking forward to going back into the sixties, I, I just I, I just like. It was so clever. Yeah, there's so much. The it, there's so much into it. There's so much to it, and you're right. The rewatchability factor of this movie is like right up there mm. with with the best. Like, I will definitely be watching this movie again. And you know, I'm not the biggest fan of a horror movie. And and you know, if I'm putting this in a genre, I'm putting this in a horror movie. In the horror movie genre, I think mm. it's one of the best horror movies i've ever seen and you know i've not seen many <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know relatively speaking i've seen like none but i really 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 liked this movie well it's just, it was... a, it's just a, a good movie isn't it it's just a yeah very exactly good story and and what what i enjoyed about the movie was it wasn't one of those ones where everything was interconnected and everything was weird like there was a great twist at the end but it's not like you, know, there, you don't you you're not watching this movie and trying to work out why she turns back in time and what what makes it happen and why is this no you're not that. do you know what I mean it just it just unfolds in front of you and you just go with it you're not you yeah. know you're not watching it going that bit doesn't get make sense this bit doesn't get explained and the kind of ambiguity throughout a lot of the movie actually yeah. bolsters the story yeah there there were a couple of things there there were a couple of things that stood out to me and I haven't yet decided whether or not it's like an accident that is actually like a bit of a stupid thing Mm. or if it's a trope that edgar wright is ironically making fun of making fun of the genre for before you've even said it i'd imagine it's the second of the two yeah i I mean i'll i'll go into i'll go into detail about what about what those moments were yeah Yeah, okay um for example she's she's in the library um, going through every year of the 60s, mm-hmm. trying to work out what year all of this happened. Mm. And I'm like, the first thing you saw when you, when you first saw the 60s thing was a big poster that Thunderball was coming out. Yeah. So you know what year it is. Oh, yeah. That's a really good, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I think that's a bit of a whoopsie. Mm, that is a that is a really good point. That is actually I'd never considered that. I'm I mean, like, I, you're making life a lot harder for yourself. There. I mean, I, I there's something there was something just quite like there was something just quite like holy shit in your face when she just stood out into the street and there was the big thunderball poster. It wasn't such there? a great shot. Oh my <laughs> it was god. really cool, wasn't it? Oh my god. Yeah. Um. And hey, like as as connections to Thunderball, obviously it was a few films later, but we had Diane Diane Rigg, um, or Diana Rigg was in this. This is her last movie. You know, oh fam- really? Yeah, this was her last movie. So famously, um, in in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, 
um, with, you know, as part, as part of just one of my most favorite lines, um, oh, she played Tracy in it, but, um, you know, we, we, we don't worry, we have all the time in the world and, oh. uh. but, uh, yeah, she, she was absolutely, she was absolutely excellent in, in this movie and, and, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a really, I, I don't know if there was a, any sort of connection between Thunderball and that. I mean, when, when was on Her Majesty's Secret Service? Was that 69? Something like, something like that. That yeah, I think it was still it was still it was still sixties. Yeah, sixty nine on Her Majesty's Secret Service. That yeah. would have been fun if they'd had on Her Majesty's Secret Service poster up instead of Thunderbird. That yeah, that would have been an interesting. I think the iconography of the Thunderball posters. I think that's possibly one of the most iconic, like classic Bond like advertisements. Oh, I don't. know. I would say. I think. Well, no, one of. I'm not saying the, but I I do genuinely no, I think, think I if you think took you're all. Wrong. No, you're wrong. If you took <laughs> all of the writing out of like the Connery films. Yeah. I think you'd nail Thunderball. Yeah. I really think you would. I, I think you would. Out of all out of all the Connery films, I think you would nail Well it is the middle of the road, isn't it? Or near the middle of the road, isn't it, for the Connery ones? Um that you know, your your Thunderbolt so it's 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 properly hitting the stride. There's nothing that happens in Thunderball that doesn't isn't replicated throughout the rest of the. How we've got back to Bond movies? We always do this. Oh yeah, because we we're, to... we're we're obsessives, and also because there's a fucking Bond poster in this movie. It's not our fault. Yeah, it's not our, not yeah. our fault. But right, so there was another there was another thing that made me go, oh, this didn't need to happen, and it was bloody General Zod himself, Ter- Terrence Stamp. Oh yeah, because obviously if we're you know going into spoiler territory and all and. You know, there is the twist that the assumption that he was Matt Smith, whose character name I've just forgotten. What's mm-hmm. his name? Is it not? Well, I think they thought it was Jack, didn't they? they no, yeah. The, uh, yeah, Matt Smith's character's Jack. And the movie makes you assume that Terrence Stamp's character is the modern day older version of Jack. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and one of the twists at the end is he's actually not. He was actually the police officer. Yeah, well, he didn't have a name, did he? He was just known as the the, the what was it silver haired gentleman? Is what he's well, no, you know he did but... the uh, because the landlady of the pub called him um... L- L- Lloyd. No, no, no. Oh, it was. It, it, I think it was a girl's it, name. Yeah, you're right. I thought it would be it was a girl's an L. name, and I can't remember what it what I can't remember what it was. But anyway, um, and and obviously th- there's a big confrontation between him and El- and Eloise where she's like screaming abuse at him because she's trying to uh, catch him out for doing this murder and stuff like mm, that. Mm. And you know, as a result of uh, all of this, he then walks out into the street and gets run over by a taxi. Mm. And I was just like, this could have been super super avoidable if you hadn't just behaved like an absolute murderous creep for yeah, the whole yeah. for, for the whole movie. It's like just don't 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 do that you you could you could have just nipped this in the bud like scenes and scenes and scenes ago what did you think of i mean we'll we'll, we'll touch back towards the music but i guess if we're on the cast and the acting yeah, yeah. we talked about matt smith what did you think about all the cast i mean matt smith i love that man yeah he's such a good actor he's very good, i love he? him in everything and i loved him in this as well even though he's just you know absolute scumbag in this I, in this movie what do you think of anya taylor joy and and thomas and mckenzie i thought they were both great i thought they were fantastic i thought they were absolutely spot on i think uh, there were so many moments especially in the 
opening scene of the 60s bit, you know, mm. right when she, you know, falls asleep, when Eloise mm. falls asleep mm. and she mm. goes back in time. And there's this, there's really, it, it goes throughout the whole movie, but it's 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 most obvious in this uh, first, first instance where they kind of swap roles as who's in the mirror and who's mm. not. Mm. So like, who's in control of the persona of the or of the Sandy, body yeah um and who's not and there's these lovely shots of you know going going down the club staircase and you know and, yeah yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah draw, sandy is going down the stairs but uh, eloise is in the mirror also going down the stairs in 21st century pajamas and it was just a really really cool sequence of shots mm. that i don't know you know how how they'd film probably just overlays I, I i would imagine but it was like choreographed perfectly and it you know really really highlighted the the, the connection between the two yeah yeah and no, I, I thought I, it was beautiful i i, I think you're right I'm, and like specifically as well i thought um thomas and mckenzie she she's very good like she's very captivating there's something about her performance in this that i just wanted to keep watching yeah, and yeah. her accent was also fantastic as well. I just right, thought, wasn't it? There was something just really. She just nailed that kind of odd. Um, was it De- Corn- Cornish or Devon? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah just it, something, something West Country. But it, but it wasn't properly West Country. It was it was a little bit odd and a little bit different. And I and I um, I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. You know, she dropped out of doing um, Top Gun Maverick to do this one. She was oh, supposed to be in Top well Gun Maverick. Done. I know, right? What well a good done. What a good, what a fantastic choice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought that, I thought it was pretty good. Um, <clears throat> oh, and I did have another Bond fact for you. Do you want me to give it to? Oh, sorry, we're jumping right, around. Okay. You'll love this one. But I mean, like you'll you'll know it. You, what what was the drink that um, Sandy ordered? Oh, the Vesper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah, that was that, that was quite cool. That was quite cool. Very much of it of its time. But no, she was she was really really fantastic. And mm. what was really interesting, I went into this movie having seen the trailer once. This was one of those movies that I didn't want to oversaturate myself mm. on on the ads of it, of the you know, yeah, all of that. Yeah, and so I'd kind of forgotten what this movie was kind of about. I I got horror. Mm-hmm. mainly because oh, there was a lot of press about this being a Edgar Wright horror movie. Yeah. And I knew that it was Anya Taylor-Joy and I knew that it was Matt Smith. And those two have the top billing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very, very interesting because it's Eloise that is the main character, no? Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I always thought it was the top billing was Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor-Joy, not, not Matt Smith. Am I wrong? I uh, no, I thought it was it, I think the order it come they come they come up in the movie is Annie Taylor Joy, Matt Smith, and then Oh um, I thought it was the other way. I thought Matt Smith was after. Hmm. Maybe. I might have got I hmm. might have got that wrong. I might have got that wrong. But I just thought it was I just thought it was very, very interesting because it was almost like having this meta commentary that like Eloise is watching somebody else's life as if she's like watching another movie so like sure. the, the billing of the movie that we're watching mm-hmm. is also the billing of the movie that eloise is watching type thing i don't know that was probably just me not noticing something and reading too much into something but it did add another kind of little dimension to it which i kind yeah. of enjoyed yeah so the there was a there was a actually a composer who there did was a lot of music there was Steve- a as ever 
as ever with Edgar Wright, there was a there was like a playlist soundtrack. Yeah. But also a really quite meaty <clears throat> Uh, original soundtrack as well i mean before we go to the original soundtrack i mean we've obviously done the cornetto trilogy on here and you you know how much of a huge fan i am of those whilst i am not so so what i would say just before we get on to the score whilst whilst i am not like um i wouldn't say all of the songs in this are the sort of songs i would listen to you know like compared to like shawn of the dead shawn the dead hot fuzz world's end the music in those films i would listen to more than these but i will say that the music in this is so on the nose it kind of goes past on the nose back to being very very good if you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i think it's just so appropriate obviously because well i mean i think yeah i mean perfect placement of the time period are are perfect songs to represent the era Mm. Mm. like a hundred percent yeah but, but but you're saying um almost to a fault or no 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 i know no, i'm saying i'm saying um it's 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 too it's too on the nose it's good again if you know what i mean like it goes i don't goes, so so like you know you know when something so, it's, it's something something so bad it's good yes it's that kind of thing like every single song in this was just it was like 60s overload like let me give you an example every single time we saw eloise it was just 60s music, 60s music, regardless of what you were doing. You're watching, you know, it would be something like the Kinks would would, would roll on right, because okay. she's in a scene. And then, you know, you would have something, um, you know, like your Dusty Springfield, you know, the Wishing and Hoping and then the Searchers. Like you would just get all of this just like the full on 60s at every single point in time. Right. And okay. The Where I thought it was like it was too it was too much, but actually it turned was when she was at the party in the halls. And the tempo of the the music that she's walking around to, listening like the modern day music, was the same tempo as Beat Girl that was being played. Oh yeah, in her yeah, head. yeah, yeah. Beat Girl was no it was Starstruck, I think it was. That was playing in her head. It was Starstruck because it was yeah, like, no, it was things. a ma- it was a mashup yeah, of was, of yeah. the two musical languages as as her consciousness was getting mashed up. It, it was a it, fucking great scene, it, and it was almost like it was too too over the on the nose. It was actually good again um that that's what i always that's what i well, sort of thought no like. so i think i think you're not wrong about that i think it was very much in your face what was happening yes, as yes. far as as far as what the mashup of the music was representing and stuff like that. but actually i just really like a, a point being hammered home i mm. love seeing a scene that has just been uh it was it was obviously a concept where they're like right she's 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 going in and out of her reality and her kind of you know her visions and all of that and we want her music to blend into the music of the 60s and we want that to be really obvious and we really want that dichotomy of the of the of the two things and i just really love that it's obvious and plain plain as day because you know subtlety is great but subtlety isn't like points of quality yeah yeah subtlety is just subtlety yeah no, I do. I do know what you. I do know what you mean. I do. Um, but then if we move away from that and go into to Stephen Price, who was the composer for this. Now we've we've obviously covered Stephen Price when we did The World's End. Yeah, we um, did. So he so he scored a little bit of that. We have actually done another Stephen Price movie. Um, but Stephen Price is fantastic. I mean, he, he he's what, what, what was that then? Uh, he's obviously done. Um, so like, he's obviously done things like you know your David Attenborough's like your your uh, life on our planet our planet behind the scenes our planet like he's done some you know blue blue dolphin all these sort of things amazing like 
domestic documentaries, Alex. So he's up, would you yeah. agree that he's done some classic things? Would you? Is that what you would say? Uh, you say everything that he touches is brilliant. Is that what you would say? Yeah. I feel like I'm about to get sick. But that's what you would something. say, isn't it? No, that's okay. I'll say. bite. I'll bite. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will say that. What will now, you say? Sorry. Say I'll, it again. I'll, I'll say that it's classic and whatever it was that you wanted me to say. Everything, everything, that, everything that he does, every film that he's composed is a good film. Is that what you'd yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Things like yeah, David Attenborough, like yeah. that's good. Yeah, I'd say so, that. So you, so you think that, so you think that 2016 Suicide Squad is a good movie, then, Alex? Oh, I didn't see that coming. Oh, look at me! I have egg on my face. I look such a fool, and I didn't even see it coming. Oh, of course, because Stephen uh, Stephen Bryce famously did 2016 Suicide Squad, which is a great movie, isn't it, Alex? Yeah, um, it's yeah. good. But he, yeah, obviously did Baby Driver. Do you know? But do you know the movie that I actually got the most amount of vibes from, from some of the score, and it was some of just like the kind of the the scoring music that was just following the tempo was actually a little bit of Hot Fuzz. I was getting quite a lot of just Hot Fuzz sort of vibes in the background of it. Um, no, no, no. The kind of more like the the sort of the uh, almost like the. Well, it was the so it was the soundtrack of Hot Fuzz a little bit more than anything. Um, All right, okay. But but there was there was just something a little bit like I don't know, and maybe it was the you know that was David Arnold, obviously famously did uh, Casino Royale. Oh, have you know? Oh, uh, another Bond. Bond. We're back Jesus. to Bond again. There, it's a bloody good score that one. He also did Well, there's not enough, which isn't as good as Alex. Uh, the music's still fantastic. Yeah, it's all right. It's good. It's good. It's good. But um, I'll not have that. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just felt it, the, the, a lot of the score was similar to other things, not bad, um, but just, just similar to a lot of other things. Like there was a lot of inspiration in, like it just felt quite comfortable to. Okay, so of, like, I, as I fan. said, I, as I said, I was walking, I was walking around the streets of London listening mm. to this mm. today, and i realized on completion of it and i and i listened to it twice that mm. i couldn't distinguish many tracks from from the other the ones that i really could distinguish are the ones that really laced in the 60s kind of vibes and stuff like that but everything else to me was just horror scoring yeah it was i mean there was a it was a lot of mood there was a lot of a lot of creepy a lot of things that as you say we've heard in other things before i think it was really quite dense for it because you know a yeah. lot of times if you if you listen to a lot of other horror scores they're quite minimalist but sure. not almost like they're not completed it's almost like you listen to them <laughs> and you go mm, th- th- this was this was written for a much bigger orchestra than than you could have afforded on the day okay yeah that's what that that's what that sounds like whereas this one like feels hefty feels yeah fully realized and like you know dense and it's like oh okay cool you didn't skimp on the musical budget at all like you, mm. you know you did what you wanted to do and if what you wanted to do was go out and you know write a horror score and you know because horror scores have to functionally do a job that other scores don't have to do like they, they you have to make the audience feel tense at certain Mm. moments Mm. so that you get those beats whether it's a jump scare or well because there are a few jump scares in this uh, in in this movie as well Mm. Mm. um so it it 
I feel like it has to do more than other scores have to. And so, you know, there are tried and tested ways to achieve those things, you know, mm. through instrumentation, through dynamics and all those other things. And I think this score did all of those things and then some, but not in any, I, I would definitely not listen to this score. Like just for casual listening. Yeah, no, I know. I know what you mean. I mean, it's, you're you're right. You couldn't just go back and just relax and listen to this this score, but as we've already discussed loads of times, that's not the that's not the hallmark of a good score, right? The good no, score is the not. one where when you you know when you, it's 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 like a filter and a lens when you when you layer the two things up and it yeah. works perfectly. But it, but if we're being very very honest with each other, if we took, if we if we look inside ourselves, you know that the ones that you want to go and listen 100%, back to, I know what you mean to, yeah, yeah. Um, the ones get that more up. points. Yeah, they yeah, they, yeah. they get more points. They just do. They, 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 yes, they definitely definitely do. But I, but. On the flip side of that, if you have only seen a movie once and you listen to the score and you can see what's happening, it made a huge impression on you. And there's a lot of scored films and music where it, I have to watch the film a couple of times before I remember what beats in the scoring right, happens. Yeah, yeah. So I will say this, it is a very memorable score. Whilst you're right, it's not a particular. I think you're right, yeah. I think you're right because obviously when I was walking around li- listening to this, I was trying to kind of pair up with you know, what I'd seen a couple of days prior because I saw this, I saw this on Monday. Mm. Uh, but I will, ca- yeah, I will caveat I could... that. I will caveat that though because the names of the tracks are roughly what's happening in the film. <laughs> so... Well, they are, but when, you're walking, <laughs> but when you're walking around listening to it, you're not staring at your phone looking, no, at, you're the, right. you're lo- looking at the track names. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd say I, w- I wouldn't be able to place it like 100%. Yeah. But I reckon... I reckon I, I would have remembered a fair chunk of the movie through listening to the score. So yeah, I think can, I think it's I, good. Just to keep on the musical stuff there, because I know we're we're getting focused on them. As imagine like staying on the music as a music music podcast. Can oh I, yeah, can yeah, I just God go forbid. through some? Can I go through some tracks and some scored piece of music oh, at parts of the movie do. and just like explore kind of what was happening in the movie and why it was good, and why it was bad. So so the one that I the one that I really liked was I've got my mind set on you and I can't quite remember when this happened. I believe this was during the dance sequence or my right. before. But that is James Ray. That is a brilliant, brilliant song. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set mm-hmm. on I love that song. And I was singing I was listening to that today whilst I was working and it just gets you going. It's just a great sort of piece of music. And and there was, um, um, I think it was Heatwave as well, which is like a, um, you know, a piece, a piece, of, piece of music that's just like quite familiar um, to us. I'm trying to think which song it was that, that did a remix of it, of Heatwave. But like, I just thought those two were absolutely, absolutely excellent. Interlaced with Anya Taylor-Joy's version of Downtown. What did you think of that? I mean downtown is very much the anthem of this movie yeah isn't yeah. it yeah yeah definitely like it opens and it opens and closes the show mm. it's presented a couple of times in the middle in various guises mm. and um yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting choice isn't it because mm. it is very quintessentially 60s mm but also the way it's presented, especially, you know, the slow version. So the first track of the original soundtrack is, um, you know, Stephen Price's. Yeah, that was a downtown version of down, downtown, downtown, 
down tempo, which Annie Taylor Joy mm. sings, and it's laced with, you know, it's the, it is it is the song, but with the kind of horror scoring elements in it. Yeah. And when you couple that with the lyrics of it, when you've got this kind of like happy, happy go lucky lyrics like you know go out in the town have a good time thing mm. it's almost like you're on a horror version of it's a small world or something yeah like yeah you're where right. you get that kind of sickly sweet sort of yeah, thing you know when something's yeah. sickly sweet and you're well, like the, it's oh it's rotten to the core though well the like, other one that was kind of sickly sweet rotten to the core was sandy shaw's puppet on a string Oh yeah, you know the I don't know if you name, but just just a You know, and 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 when she when she goes back the second time around because she believes that Sandy is you know going to be on the stage and and you know and showing her 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 stuff, but really she's in a you know she's in a kind of like a gentleman's club as a background dancer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and then the following tracks that you get straight after Pop Up on String, you've got you know you're not asleep, and then straight into Hansy. And they're the kind of like the really creepy ones where it's just showing you just how, you know, what a dark and actually like, you know, and it's what I like about it is because she just loves the 60s. She loves everything about the 60s. But then when she's there, she's like, oh, God, like this is dark and depressing. Yeah, and yeah. Why would I ever want to be in this world? You know, as a woman in the 60s, it's horrendous. And, and you know, it's it's a classic example of like never meet your heroes where if, if your hero is a decade. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I just I, I thought that was really really good and um those two those two scored tracks um you know like Hansi in particular is, is is like a very like yeah it's it's a it's a real like problematic piece of music um yeah definitely but I think that it, we've kind of hit on what what a big theme of the whole of the whole score is which is the kind of um sweet and shiny on the surface but rotten to the core mm. and that is really what the movie is about as well isn't it yeah yeah about you know yeah. like utter utter corruption of you know innocence and you know uh the, the the big downfall of sandy at the end of this movie when it's revealed uh you know to be the landlady you know the big twist mm, mm. you know the big track that accompanies that is titled uh hopes and dreams Mm, mm. because that's very much what the the kind of punchline if there if there was a moment at the end of the movie where the cast all appear on stage and basically tell you you know the moral of the story is yeah it's about the corruption of hopes and dreams yeah 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 definitely yeah as opposed to it just being a ghost story I I love I I do love it and but but like the the setup though before the twist you've got even which is the really sinister one where you've got um so, so you have no male visitors is where where you know he's she's obviously taking the visitor in yeah but then you've got there's always something there to remind me is is the sequence that's playing and then it slowly turns to like a like there's always something there to remind me but the, the soho version which is between so obviously St- sandy shaw does the original song yeah then stephen price scores over the top of it to do the kind of as you say turn what is a happy song into a really sick and bitter to the core kind of piece of music and that's the sequence where you know, we we believe that Matt Smith's the one doing the killing. Yeah. Um, and then, as you say, yeah, hopes and dreams actually flips it on its head, um, which yeah. is which is great. And, and uh, you know, that, that, that's Eloise. one scene. That's one scene that um, kind of threw me off a little bit, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, where where you see him murder Sandy, or so we or so we think, because Why? it well, it confused me because prior to that, I, I thought it. she's Sandy. 
Mm. Prior to that, I'd I'd guessed it. I'd guessed the ending. Yeah. And then and then the film sort of shows Matt Smith murdering her, and I went, oh. Well, then she's not then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and then is... they turned they turned it and then then they turned it around. And I'm not sure if I was supposed to think that um she was Sandy from um from the beginning. Well, not from the beginning, obviously. She's not in the beginning, but from quite close to when we get introduced to that character, I was like, oh, I reckon that's her. Mm, yeah. Well, that's what you're supposed to. I mean, like the the other one is that you're supposed to think. I mean, I don't know if this was the case or not, but I for a time I thought her gran would have been Sandy. Oh right, okay. Do you know what I mean? I I was expecting that to have been the the twist. Um, so we talked about the acting. We've talked about who we liked, and um, obviously talked a fair amount about the 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 music. Have we covered yeah. off all of the plot? I feel I mean, like there was more to the plot. I mean, I, I I there was a lot more to the plot. It did have a lot of um horary tropes, as I said, that were kind of a homage, like you know that whole last sequence where you know the landlady. Uh, it turns out to be um, Sandy. Yeah. Uh, that had a lot of horror hallmarks about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It? Like that that reveal. There was one movie in particular that I was thinking of. It's the, do you know the movie Dead Silence? Which one's Dead Silence? It's the one about the ventriloquist. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Have you not? Have you not seen that one? That's, that's a lot of fun. It's probably oh, okay. it's probably a load of shit. But <laughs> there was a little bit of like misery in this. If you know, what I mean, you know, misery. Um, no, I don't know the that. Kathy Bates one. It's a Stephen King, um, uh, Stephen King book. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was quite good. Um, do, I mean, just anything. I'm just trying to think anything else that I that I thought about from. A, I don't think so. From a plot perspective, um, how did it end? How did this movie end? I've forgotten how it ended. How did it end? Well, all the go- all, <laughs> all the ghosts sort of came out. Oh yeah, that's the that's the thing I was gonna say. Yeah, the twist yeah, all the all the odd. all the ghosts come out of the floor, and basically, you know, they do they do that thing, which again is a, is a trope where you where there's a lot of scary ghosts, and the and the main character is scared of the scary ghosts, but the ghosts are actually just trying to get her to help them. Yeah, um, but they're still bad blokes, right? Oh yeah, they're still that's bad the blokes. Pro- that's the but, problem. I don't understand. It's not like they've redeemed them. They're still they're still horrible humans. No, they they no they've they've, they've not re- they've not redeemed them. But they also being you know bad blokes all collectively wanted revenge on the person that had killed them. Clear. Uh, so not clear. Clear didn't. I'm saying no. Clear. Yeah, clear, 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 <laughs> clear. And then you know she they they were like oh killer killer. Mm. And she was like no I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna do that. So the twist was like yeah she wasn't going to kill. Mm. sandy but then it was interesting that sandy came into the room and then saw the ghost because there was a lot of hints at um this ghostly world being brought into the real world and it wasn't just in eloise's head Mm. which which was quite interesting it was sort of bridging the gap between fantasy and reality Mm. Mm. but i just thought it she she turned on a dime quite quickly. Yeah. Like she got into the room, Sandy, I'm talking about. She got into the room, saw the bunch of ghosts, we assume, and then just went, All right, okay, I don't want to kill you. I don't yeah. I don't want to kill you anymore. I'm gonna stand here and burn to death. And yeah. I didn't and I I don't think I was as sold on that character redemption. Yeah. As it were, I really, really loved 
the character up to that point and i was like yes you know you've been through hell you've been corrupted by what happened to you decades ago and it's turned you <laughs> into into a murderer yeah uh, uh and you know a bit of a psycho yeah but yeah you know the fact that the fact that she had made the decision to kill eloise in the first place was like okay if you're that crazy that you want to you know extend your killing spree by killing eloise mm. who you know in your kind of murderous logic hasn't actually done much wrong Mm, mm. to warrant apart from, gets apart from work it out though apart from apart, from, apart from work it out but yeah but, uh, yeah that's the thing so she justifies it by oh she's worked it out but if that thin argument has you know caused her to say okay i'm gonna kill you how then does going upstairs and then seeing all your victims make you go yeah i don't want to kill you anymore mm. this is pointless yeah. i just don't think i was sold on it i just don't think that particular aspect of the ending really sold it not enough for me to really bitch and moan about it like i've just done <laughs> yeah but but it wasn't it, it it wasn't pitch perfect yeah i don't think i really like the element i really like the modern day stuff though i didn't think it was very good and there was a lot of edgar wright isms wasn't there the tropes of you know you know when there's like a kind of quick montage of a series of things happening in a row you know like in Shaun of the dead with the, the cup of oh, tea yeah. and the bread yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was a few instances of that i thought was, which was quite he only can't bloody help himself. Yeah, um, yeah, well, everyone's got to have a signature. A signature, yeah. Um, oh, do you want another... Um, uh, you know how last week I did a Pink Floyd fact around Dune in the trailer? Oh, yes. And do you want me to continue my, my every single film we do has to have a Pink Floyd f- fact? Oh, yes. No, I love that segment. Cool, yeah. So um, this film, so obviously the time place... It, the, the person who's actually inspired by the 60s isn't Eloise. It is, of course, Edgar Wright. He, was, he is obsessed with the 60s, but he was actually born in 74. He yeah. always, I always think he's younger than that. Is it just me? It's like him yeah, I think that's and, just you, mate. Is it just me? I always think he's quite young. I always thought he was like at least late eighties, but he's just got that kind of youthful nerd energy. He can't be late eighties. Think about when Shaun of the Dead came. No, out. I know, I know. He would have had to make it, that when he was like nineteen. Yeah, but there's something about him that may, I kind of feel like he he's got that, like I said, that youthful nerd energy. Who, who's um the guy did Lost? Uh, the name's totally bad. JJ. Robot. JJ. Yeah. Again, yeah. he kind of has like that JJ vibes. I feel like JJ's a little bit younger. Yeah, we're, we're both on first name basis with JJ. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's worth saying. JJ. Um. So basically, obviously, it was him that was there. But he was born in seventy four. Um. And he said, you know, I I feel you're always obsessed with the decade that you just missed. So this was always the thing that he said, which Interesting. I don't think is necessarily true because that would mean that we're obsessed with the eighties. But I'm not obsessed with the. 80s. I like the eighties. It's cool. Well, I think I like the 80s more than I like the 90s. I think I don't think anybody likes the 90s. Um, what well, naughty's Bob, kids love the 90s. Bombscare, uh, <laughs> Bombscare famously did a song called "Forget the 90s," which is a very funny song. You remember Bombscare? So, <laughs> I do uh, remember Bombscare. A local, a local, little yeah, local yeah. reference there for anyone. I like that. Um, but when asked his parents for anecdotes about uh, their 60s, the fa- uh, Edgar Wright's father stated that he had seen Jimi Hendrix live, to which his mother shot him down by stating that they hadn't but they had actually seen Pink Floyd. So well, when he, tra- he mixed up Pink Floyd <laughs> yeah. and Jimi Hendrix. When, yeah, when trying to get more Jesus. out of the anecdote, she stated that they, they weren't very good. <laughs> Which is it's quite interesting. <laughs> they weren't very but that's good. The, oh but that's the, um, that's the fact I have. But I think about a fact, mate. Yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm happy to give the thumbs, of yeah. which oh, from I, me, I, there are two. Yeah, there are two. I've got 
two things I forgot to say. One of them is not related to this movie, which is how did we Fabulous. forget? How did we forget about the bagpipes last week during Dune? Oh, that's criminally bad. How did we forget about the bagpipes? Oh, that's atrociously <laughs> bad. I even had a conversation with uh, my sister. Was it after? No, it was before we recorded the podcast. I had a, I had a conversation with my sister because she went to see it in the IMAX, which I'm very jealous of. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, the the bagpipes were fucking outstanding. Did you like, like them? Yes. It was cool, wasn't it? They were so good because, I mean, yeah, culturally we were like, oh, yeah, Scottish, let's yeah. go. But also it was done in such a way that it wasn't Scottish at all. Like it, yeah. was, it felt it was military. very alien. No, yeah, but alien. Am I, am I going to edit this bit to the start of the episode or just keep this bit in here now? Just right. like totally break stride around our, our, um, our Soho Yeah, pipe. why not? Why not? Cool, fine. Well, that's that's that there. You didn't know you've got a little, little tidbit in another movie that we're watching from another yeah. time. Oh, that's really annoyed me because I was genuinely really proud of the Dune episode. I thought we were really comprehensive about it. We missed the fucking bagpipes. <laughs> missed the bagpipes. I'm just and looking at the paper that I made And 100% on. of us are Scottish. Yeah. So exactly. criminal. Absolutely um, criminal. I do have one other fun fact. It's not about the movie, but it's something that's in the movie, which I think you'll find funny. Right. Do you want? Do we have time for a funny? I always have time for a funny, as long we, as it's the last thing. It's the la- This is the last thing, but I'm going to give it two. <laughs> I'm giving it two thumbs up. Definitely two right, thumbs cool, up. Cool, it cool, was cool. definitely two thumbs up before we nip it in the bud. So, what club do they go to? Do you know what club? Uh, well, Cafe de Paris. Yeah, no, no, but in the modern day, what club do they go to? Oh. The, the modern day equivalent of Cafe de Paris. Clapham's fe- finest infernos. <laughs> which, is it? Yeah, which everyone has got a story from Infernos. Everyone's got a like because it is just the club. Like, is you, it? Like, have oh, you been? Me. Yeah, I've got um, I've got a stupid fucking story about this. So, and it starts with an apology because I I went to Infernos for a mate's birthday, and I and I because of this story still haven't seen this mate since it was so embarrassing. I've I've not told you this story. I don't think so. It's the it's the worst. So basically, I've also never been to this club. But it was all oh, right. Okay, so it's, I don't it's, really it's, hor- it's horrendous. I'm really it, it is basically <laughs> the hive equivalent for London. Um, oh, it's like London's version. Of, like every like, our infernos and Clapham is just the, it's just the dogs. Um, oh, and I like that. I like the whole North London South London joke. Though that was quite. Clever. Oh yeah, that was really funny. That How was else quite do you funny. get from South London to North London? Like, yeah, yes. as if somebody drives. Yeah, I thought that was a very funny little joke. Anyway, so um, we it was a mate that I, I think I've met him in America. Was it summer camp somewhere I met, and he was a good, really good bloke actually. I hadn't spoken to him in a few years. Anyway, he, I, I was in London, moving to London. I think it was in Essex at the time, and he invited me to his birthday. So we're going out to Clapham, and then we're going to go stay. He saved my folks that night. I said, magic. So I went there and met all of his friends, and they were all really nice guys. And 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 we uh, we had a few drinks there, and then we got in the tube. We went to Infernos, and for some reason, you know, when you're just in a good mood, and I'm like meeting loads of people, and I just kept drinking, and I, oh, you know, you know what you're it's pa- like. You're right? pounding the Long Island. I was, I was, I was just going at it hard, and I, and I, first a small part of me was like, "Am I? Is this? Are we? Did I get?" And I kind of like think back of the night and went, I got drunk very quickly. Maybe I picked up someone else's drink and there wasn't all alcohol in it. I'm not saying I was spiked, but I'm definitely thinking I was particular. Like, I definitely didn't do, make a lot of, I didn't make a lot of good life choices that night. Let's okay. just say. <laughs> anyway, so I got absolutely smashed, right? Um, and I like unbelievably so 
because we went to the McDonald's next door afterwards and I smashed 20 nuggets, mate. I was just like, oh, here we go. Get these in me. I mean, that's um, just a good, that's just the perfect end of the night. Eh? Just, just straight. Well, it wasn't the end of the night, Alex. I'll tell you this for free. So got into right. the Uber, right? I'm all right. all right. I'm in the back of the Uber. Everything's going well until it wasn't until I go quiet and everyone's like, you all right, mate? And I'm like, and the deep breathing's oh, coming. The, oh, God, The yeah. deep breathing. Oh. And I'm like, here we go. You're painting a picture and I'm not here. enjoying it. <laughs> and, the, and the car's stopping and starting. And I'm like, oh, my God. And anyway, so I'm in the back seat on the, um, behind the passenger. And, um, and my mate, who's I was staying with tonight, he's in the, he was in the front seat, turns around and goes, mate, if you're going to be sick, just let us know. Because if you're sick in the Uber, instantly £100. And it's on yeah, my yeah. card. Instantly. So, yeah, like... Yeah. Don't do us a favor. Just don't don't be sick in the car. It's whatever you're doing. I'm like that. Yep. Yeah. Thumbs up. You know, anyway, so we're moving through the time. We're moving through. I'm like you at the cinema. I'm just like <laughs> deep breathing. <laughs> moving through. Anyway, I'm like, I can't hold it anymore. We get uh, to the red light and I'm like, here we go. Here we go. Oh no. And I'm I'm so conscious. I'm like, I do not want to I do not want to make a mess in this car. I like I cannot do this. So I fling the door open as quickly as I can, smack it into the railing that's next to the side oh. of the door, and then I vomit in the cup holder. It was just oh. like... <laughs> 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 oh. It was not my finest hour. Oh, that's that horrific. Yeah. Do you know what's even... Do you know what the absolute sting in the tail is, right? So like... Obviously paid my mate and and um, went back to went back to his and stayed over. I was so hungover, I physically couldn't drive home the next day. I was in this guy's house till like six p.m. Oh my like, god! Right, it mate. was the it was by far the worst I've ever slumped to. And anytime I think of infernos, I think of the like the like that worst night of my life. It was quite possibly the worst night of my life. Yeah, that's true. I've never seen you anywhere near that bad. Totally self-inflicted. I do not understand. But you know me. Like, that's why I'm thinking. I'm like, I don't know, man. I didn't have that many beers. And I was very, very... There was a lot of bomb everywhere. I was like, mm, I don't know, man. Mm. I don't know. Infernos, baby. Maybe I picked up someone else's. I don't know, man. But anyway... Maybe, maybe shit just works different there. I don't maybe know. Shit just, yeah, tongue just... I've got a couple. I've got two things. Okay. One of them I know is definitely on your list. Well, if 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 it's on my list, I'll be livid because I've only got or I've got I've got three things on my list. Okay, they're all they're all trailers. They're all trailers. I'm pretty sure the two things you have are are on my list. Was one of the things? Did one of the things come out today? No. What is it? Ooh, I've got one that you don't have. Okay. Okay. Let's start with the ones that we that, that that's definitely a crossover. Book yeah, of because Boba if Fett. it's something that's come out today, then yeah, book of Boba Fett. Because if it's something that's come out today, then I'm gonna have to pause this to watch. Yeah, which to be fair, it's only like 
30 seconds long. Well, okay. you don't. When, you don't have to. You when, don't have when, to. You, you, don't, you don't have to. When you don't have every to. Every single week, you rattle off at least three trailers, all of which I haven't seen. Okay, and I always And I always do it as if, it, and I always do it as, as if it's a surprise. You go, oh, this trailer came out. Have you seen it? I went, oh, I haven't actually. <laughs> and like the last couple of times I've said, oh, I haven't actually. I'm like, stop okay. pretending like you've seen every other trailer apart from that one that Callum has just mentioned. You haven't seen any of them. Just okay. watch some trailers. Okay, I don't know who you're aiming that at. This passive aggressive nature. Who even no, is myself. this guy? Myself. Oh, it is yourself. No, yeah, but stop. No, but I'm trying to say, stop being so bloody hard on yourself. All right. Oh, thanks, mate. All you do is play an instrument all day long. All day. you've not got time to watch just like two minute trailers Absolutely. every so often between all the walks that you do and all the you know, the train rides and everything that you do and like the, yeah, yeah. you know like the fact that you sometimes don't work until the evenings and stuff. You don't have time. Yeah. You're a busy guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> enjoy that oh yeah it's a spotlight shown on my life right can we talk about the book of boba fett please we absolutely can go for it which i mean true to form this trailer Mm. came out the day after we dropped an episode you know yeah the episode of which we made fun of ourselves for always dropping an episode the day before a trailer comes out yeah (laughs) yeah i I really appreciated that (laughs) and speaking of which the tip off about the spider-man no way home thing that i i said was wrong it was actually morbius as well it was the morbius trailer that came out not the no way home Oh god! Yeah. It was on the trailer list. You don't tell me you didn't watch it. No, I saw the oh, I, saw, I, I saw the Morbius trailer because it was attached to Venom. Oh. I saw it in the cinema because it was attached to Venom. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. good. So okay. I, I saw that one. I saw. That okay, one. but yeah, book of book of Boba Fett. Mm. Uh, looks like we're getting a Star Wars underworld story. Uh, yeah, or like a crime syndicate story. Yeah, type thing, which I really really like because. Obviously, it's something that's existed in Star Wars since the very first Star Wars, A New Hope. The mm. fact that actually criminals have a lot of clout mm. in in this universe. And, you know, you get a lot of very interesting characters. A lot of the most interesting side characters in the original trilogies are bounty hunters and crime lords. And, you know, we, we don't get centralized stories on those until the animated clone wars in which Mm. there's quite a few story arcs that are based around crime lords and people like that and we also saw a a fair bit of it in solo Mm. a star Mm. wars story and and that but i think to get a whole series of it and it's set in the backdrop of okay boba fett is trying to take over the hut empire yeah of like tatooine and i don't know maybe other systems i don't know if it was just mm. tatooine that uh, jabba was uh, in charge of but well, it's, it seems it's, to be a lot yeah yeah but it's it's an intriguing premise i'm 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 intrigued color me intrigued but yeah i mean the thing that the thing that i was thinking whilst watching the book of Fett trailer was and it, it, maybe and I think and I know you're going to disagree with me and I think you're going to have problems with this, but bear oh, with me. Love having problems. I, <laughs> yeah, I, how do I say this? Um, the Mandalorian, the right. story of the Mandalorian, the lore of the Mandalorian. That should have been Boba Fett, right? And but at the time they couldn't bring him back for some reason. And so they created the new character of the Mandalorian. But if you start the Mandalorian, you know, in the same place that, well, it's the same timeline, right? But it's Boba 
fit going through all those missions and adventures. That works really well. And if you needed to create the Mandalorian, you could create the Mandalorian as a new character who's going to be the leader of the underworld. But because, and the reason that I think that actually is around some of the dialogue in this trailer around, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, rule with honor or rule with, what is it he says? I'm going to rule with um, respect, respect. And I'm like, I don't think that's in character. And I don't think what's in character is Boba Fett being a leader. He doesn't come across as a leader. He comes across as a scrappy bounty hunter. Where have we seen one of those before? The Mandalorian. Right. So uh, am I wrong? Is that wrong? That was just what I was thinking. That that's I mean, I come away from this whole I th- thing. I, I feel like you're operating under the, ass- under the assumption that both projects were, um, you know, written and, you know, rubber stamped as it were. And then they went, uh-oh, we can't you quickly swap the characters. Yeah. And then have it like that. But I, I don't think it's that simple. But also, Boba Fett has been a leader before. And you're going to hate this answer. But he's a leader in the Clone Wars. Right. You know, he's still, he's a kid in the Clone Wars. And there's a few story arcs where he ends up with uh, a team of uh, bounty hunters. Right. And he is very much a leadership role with those okay. bo- with those bounty hunters. Okay. So it has it has been done before, but yes, within you know the live action Star Wars thing, which is, you know, what 90% of Star Wars fans have actually seen. Mm. Um yeah, he's more of a kind of lone gunman as as we've seen him, but also what is also true is the is if we're going by the original trilogy, he's hard he's hardly fucking in it. He's yeah. he's he's silent. He's silent for pretty much all of it. Mm. And you know, what can we assume from that? There's very little yeah. we can assume from that. And anything that we do assume from that, we kind of have to be comfortable with being proven wrong as because we, there's not that much evidence. But it's funny how you say that we've we've not really seen much of him, but because in some ways, like Tamura Robinson in that role. I feel like we've had him forever. Like we've seen him in that role forever. Yeah, it's interesting. But it's because, but it's because obviously he did the Django Fett stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he re-recorded all the dialogue from. Yeah, Empire. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they they dubbed they dubbed the other and, stuff. Yeah, and Return of the Jedi. And so, I'm like, I feel like we've seen a lot of him, and obviously just recently in the Mandalorian. But he. I don't know. I mean, what do you think about him as an actor and him as a character as well? Because as an actor, I think he he's he owes it to the fans for how much they love Boba Fett, but he's kind of stumbled into that role, hasn't he? Because like the fans kind loved of. him before he was cast. Kind of, but I think he uh, I think he loves it. I think he's of the if, if we I were get the impression he does, but I hope he does. No, I hope I hope he does, and I think I think he does. I think if if you're either going to put him in the Harrison Ford camp or the Mark Hamill camp. Mm. as far as you know appreciation of the franchise i would put him in the mark hamill camp cool nice yeah yeah and i think that's a very accurate kind of column system it I is think. a very accurate <laughs> column system i like that no i'm really excited for this i'm looking forward to it um what was the second thing that you brought all right so the second thing i brought was a little trailer for a, a disney short that's coming out next week I is think. it called Stepdad? No, it's called Ciao Alberto. Oh, uh, we talked a little bit about Ciao Alberto, I think, before. Did we? 
I think we have. I recognize this. Is this something to do with um bloody we're we're two little Italian boys and we're fish people, but it's okay because people like us and we have pasta. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Luca. Luca. Luca, yeah. that was it. So yeah. there's a little there's a little short and it or it's going to be a little short on uh, on Disney Plus, which mm. I don't know. Does that mean it's going to be twenty minutes long? Does that mean it's thirty? I don't know. What I don't yeah. know how long that's. I don't know how long it's going to be. Or is it going to be literally like a five minute thing, um, kind of like the the Simpsons shorts that come out sure. now, and, now and then, which I really like actually. Obviously. But the reason you know I bring it, I bring it here is because the the further away we get away from having done Luca because we did it on the podcast the more I love that movie like that yeah, movie good. is really but it's really stayed with me I found myself listening to the soundtrack like mm. fairly regularly like at least one at least once a week definitely like yeah. the whole thing just bang I think it it really struck a struck a note with me it's more rewatchable than some of the more the other newer Pixar stuff like I, I mean I preferred onwards but I will not watch that movie again Oh, was that? A, yeah, that was a one and done one for you. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, much. there's, there's something. The end of that movie. There is something about Luca that just does something for me, and I've I've not put my finger on exactly what it is, but I do quite enjoy having just like a a, a, a visceral kind of that visceral positive yeah. reaction to something where you just love yeah, something and delight. you can't really delight. tell why exactly. Yeah. And I I love that. I love that I can still have that, to be honest. It, the, the onward, the onward uh, point that I made before wasn't because it was a bad movie. It's because I physically will ball. I, yeah. I couldn't. Yeah. But, do you, no, but do you not allow yourself that? Because I, cause you know me, I love a good cry. I love um, a good cry. And I will I, deliberately I, put on Toy Story 3 to just completely like destroy I myself. Some, I think there is something in it. I think there is something in having a good cry at a film. And Pixar, you know, they just know how to pull the strings. Yeah, I mean... It's I so know, I, therapeutic. I don't, I, don't, I don't seek it out, but I can, I can imagine it be very therapeutic. I don't seek it out, though. But yeah, I would go to Onwards or or Coco. Coco or Onwards are the two that are. Oh, really? Too much, too much. I, I mean, Coco was very, very emotional, but I, I don't think for me anything, anything, there's no cry like a Toy Story 3 cry for me. There was a, there was a film I watched recently and I physically couldn't watch a part of it because it was so sad. I think which one was. I had to like leave the room. Was that an AI? No, <laughs> no. No, AI. I, I I've only ever seen once, and I will not watch it again. Oh, that's the Haley Jawsman one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I need in, to. Wa- I need to watch it again. But I, that I one that did, in, did stuff to me. I get that in Bicentennial Man mixed up. <laughs> right. Okay. I've not seen that one. Um, but we didn't really cover the Morbius trailer much. I mean, it's it's properly out now. Um. There's a lot of stuff in this new Morbius trailer. Uh, obviously hinting towards Michael Keaton, and then they're hinting towards a lot of Venom stuff, and they talk about the the incident in San Diego and all this sort of stuff. I, it's yeah. I, I where what are we doing here? What what's going on? I mean, is this going to be this is going to be hinted at in the, the multiverse of madness? Are we going to get this? Possibly. No I mean, as as far as this thing goes, I mean, it goes back to that question of what happens at the end of Venom Two, right? Yeah we have to assume that he's going to go back to this world otherwise why do we care about anything that goes on in it sure so i think morbius probably doesn't have does it is probably going to be absolutely 100 percent contained in mm. the 
let's say, Tom Hardy averse. Mm, mm, mm. Mainly because well, the, what is it? The the Sony. Yeah, the the Sony Spider Man averse. Yeah, the Sony Spider Verse. Yeah. Well, no, not the not the Sony Spider Verse because Tom Hardy had to be brought in to the, to the Tom Holland MCU with that post credit sequence. So before that, mm-hmm. there wasn't a Tom Holland Spider Man. Mm. That's the assumption. Yes, yes, it was a universe that doesn't have a Spider Man in it. Yes, and then. Tom Holland's is a universe that doesn't have a venom in it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's Good. the assumption we have to go with. But I think Morbius is going to stick in the Sony thing and not have any MCU ties, probably just because we don't know if it's any good or not yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a lot of I mean? rolling of the dices. I wonder what Kevin Feige thinks of all this stuff. Do you think this is still in his control? Do you think this has slipped through his fingers, a lot of this stuff? No, I don't think so. I think he uh, he he gets brought on mm. as a not not an editor, but just a kind of like here are some notes. Here's how yeah. you could you know make it better, and you know here's what I would like to see if one day I were to inherit this property. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Speaking of um, wider MCU stuff, Eternals isn't looking particularly great. I will reviews, not look it? at any reviews for this. Okay. I won't look at it. I, I just won't. Because I know there's a lot of controversy about it because apparently because one of the main characters is gay, um, there's been a lot of review bombing going on. So yeah. we don't... But that's a fair reaction though, isn't it? I mean, Oh like, yeah, 100%. I think, so that's what you probably need to do. If you're if you're feeling threatened that somebody else is being represented in a, in a, like a, in a heroic role, then it's, yeah, it's just pretty, a pretty re- appropriate. Retaliation, well, well, it? well, well done for exercising your um, critical faculties. And the movie, and the movie deserve, the movie deserves to suffer for that. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? And then, and then, and the fans deserve to have like that kind of like, that bitter taste in their mouth when they go and watch this and sit next to someone and don't know who they're really sitting next to and yeah. maybe what they're going to do after they watch a film. Yeah. Like, you know, generally creating that level of unease around a society. Like, that, that is a really good reaction. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? 100%. Yeah. No, I, th- this is a movie that I am, I am determined to form my own opinion of when mm. I see it. And mm. no, because, you know, we, we've, been, we, we've been looking forward to this movie. I think kind of more so than a lot of other ones like mm. we kind of know that we're gonna get a good product from spider from the new spider-man movie don't we yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, from yeah. doctor strange and all that stuff but there's something about everything that was leading up to the eternals i just went this looks interesting i'm i'm yeah. genuine i genuinely don't know what we're well, gonna get here we had, well the last time we had that kind of feeling was like bloody guardians wasn't it yeah, yeah exactly that turned out um before we move on i mean the last thing i just want to talk about there's another trailer that came out which is a really intriguing trailer of a movie it's an oscar isaac movie coming out called the card counter i don't know if you've seen i this. saw the trailer for this it's a martin um, scorsese film that's coming in out. i saw well, this last yeah night i saw yeah yeah i saw it last night in soho yeah yeah what did you think of it looks great, looks cool i want to see yeah. it yeah it i want to see it do you know i taught myself how to card count yeah but did you no, absolutely. I could tell you how to card count. It's, it's, it's really... Yeah, but really could you not... actually do it in real I've life? done it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've done it. Could it's, you do it's... it in a casino? Yep. They with do. cameras and people... Well, no, but like, you, no, no, no. There's a difference between doing it and then getting caught doing it. Obviously, they'll be like, what the fuck is that guy doing? He's counting on his fingers. But like, there is, uh, there's a huge amount. It, it like, it, it's properly glamorized. 
and it's right. not difficult. The, the, the premise is so simple around card counting. The idea, the, the only reason that card counting works in blackjack is because what they don't do is they don't take all the cards back into the deck and shuffle again. Right. What they do is they put six decks of card on one side and they, they put the six decks of cards, they play with them. And then when they've played with the ones on the table, they put them over here. So yeah. they gradually get lower this one to the bottom and this one builds. If right. they just shuffled them back in, it wouldn't work because yeah. the premise of card count, you, you know the premise of card counting. Yeah. What's it? Um, cards come out and you count them. So but what, are you, what are you counting, you bloody fool? What are you looking for? What Numbers are you doing? and shit. So, so the point of card counting, I really like this. This is like, you know, I, I could have learned to do a Rubik's Cube or this when I was younger, and this was my thing. Of course it was right? bloody card counting. Of course, card <laughs> of course it but, was. But, but the idea being, right, is you turn the, you turn the, the bloody um, the odds, because everyone's playing against the, the dealer, but the odds are always in the dealer's favor right. in blackjack. What card counting does is it turns the odds a little bit less in the dealer's favor and you have the advantage because you know when it's likely that you're going to have a high hand. Because right. the point the point of card counting is you assign a number, either minus one, zero, or one, to the cards that come out. So what you do is, let's say you see, uh, what is it? I think they do from like a nine, ten, jack, queen, king, or ace. If you see one of those on the table, you count negative one. Right. So you go negative one, negative two, negative three, negative four. Every time you see a... Uh, I think it's like a six or five, six, seven, an eight, you assign a zero. Right. And anything okay. below six, you assign as a one. And so as the hands play, like this is when we watch this, you always have to have someone who's sitting on the table counting, counting, right. counting, counting, counting. And let's say over a series of 10 hands, the accumulation of numbers, you're maybe at like 12 or 11 or 13. Right. What that means is a lot of the low cards have been put from the one deck to the others. And to play next is all the high cards. Right. So that's when you take you get somebody else to come in. They get to the table. They stack early. They put loads of chips down because they know. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? They know that it's going to be. I'm so bored. Do you not know? No, I'm, I'm so, so bored. How is that not interesting? That's interesting. Oh, because you're just rattling numbers at me. Like oh, I have no interest. It's so interesting. I have no Someone interest. Oh, I love this. Um, but it looks good, this movie. I lo- when was the last time we got a Martin Scorsese film? Um, the Irishman? The Irishman, which I still haven't seen. <laughs> you not seen The Irishman? No. Robert De Niro's big... Uh, do you know what? It's that, it's that age-old thing of, like, when do I have four hours? It was four hours, wasn't it? It was four hours long, and I refuse to watch it in chunks. I don't watch movies in chunks. And I will I won't, say... And I won't watch movies in chunks. I will say it doesn't feel like four hours. Me explaining okay. card counting, it feels like four hours. Yeah, that really did feel like four hours. I was wa- <laughs> like, wa- watching the timer on the on the thing. Like, God, we're getting close to an hour. Right, okay. I wonder doing, when right, he's going to wrap they, this up. No, because I'm going to have to fucking edit bits and shit, all right? Right, okay, you, cool. You absolute poo brain. Got okay, you. cool. Do you like my new insult? Yeah, cool. Shall I tell them what they have to do now? What do they have to do now? Right, they've got to go into the Apple Podcast app, find us on there, give us a five-star rating, if you please. You can also leave us a review on there. If you don't want to review us, you can tell us what your favorite movie is, your favorite movie soundtrack. We love to see, read, and hear all of it. We're uh, also on loads of other podcasting kind of platforms. Yeah, that's the word, platforms that we're on. Yeah, like Acast and Spotify and Amazon and stuff. Just looking through my notes again here, just on last. Don't episode. add another thing. No, no, no. I, I've just all I've written is cucumber. Is that anything? Is that anything? Is that referencing anything? Oh, I don't think so. 
don't think so. That's your shopping list. Oh yeah. That's for the gin. It's just cucumber. Just it's cucumber. Shop. I've just written cucumber fourteen times. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I, fourteen I walk cucumbers. Away, and I walk away from the fruit and veg aisle, and then I go yeah. back to it and score it up individually. Yeah. If you want to get more directly in contact with us on the show, we've got an email address as well, don't we, Cal? Motionspod at gmail dot com. We're also on Instagram, and thank you very very much to our wonderful graphics designer ktc graphics design where there's a little little bit of a treat in store isn't there Alex? absolutely if you go on to if you go no it's not a cucumber if you go into our etsy store no, it's not a cucumber it's not a cucumber <laughs> but if you go into our etsy store and get one of our movie prints to decorate your wall you can get uh, 20% off your purchase if you include the code motionspod20 at checkout the next time you come round here I'm going to lure you in for a barbecue. Okay, I'm going to lure you around. There's going to be nothing in your grill but cucumbers. No, it's not. It's going to be, I'm card counting. I'm going to oh, go. I genuinely God. can't believe you're not interested in that. It's fascinating. I'll probably Thank be you. very interested when the movie comes out. Thank you very much for listening. Until then, bye now. All right, guys. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.